Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. I'm excited to be here. I, 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 I don't know why. I'm just fired. No, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> no, I just, I know I just fired up about being able to share with you tonight. So it must be God's going to do something special. It'll be something special. So I'm just, I don't know, I just, just kind of extra excitement on the inside to be able to share the word with you tonight. Before I get started, I'll tell you a little, little joke. This joke is just a joke. This isn't, there's, there's nothing like subliminal behind it. Don't listen to it backwards or something, you know. So this, this, this old guy is going down the road in this convertible, and he's rolling. He's rolling. He's going. He, he, he's up in his 70s, 80s. He's just having a big time. Sun's out, and uh, he's going down the road. He goes faster and faster and faster, and all of a sudden he goes past a police officer, and uh, police officer jumps out and, and gets on his tail, throws his lights and his siren on, and, and, and the guy just he starts accelerating faster and faster and faster and faster. So the police officer's trying to catch this guy, and they're going 100, 110, 120, and, and he won't stop. About 10 minutes into this thing, all of a sudden, woo, he slows down, pulls over. Police officer's ticked off. He comes walking up. He says, what in the world is the matter with you? I tried to pull you over, and you tried to elude me. You take off, and this and that. And he said, I, I, and he didn't have words to say. So police officer, he was ticked off, but he said, I'll tell you what, sir. It's Friday afternoon, 4 o'clock, and my shift ends at 5 o'clock. If you can come up with an excuse of why you did that, I have never heard in my life, and I've been on the police force for 40 years, I'm going to let you go. And old man sat there for a little while. He said, well, you know, officer, said about 20 years ago, my wife left me for a police officer. And when I saw your lights and heard the siren, I thought they were bringing her back. <laughs> He said, here's your license, you may go. <laughs> so like I said, that's, uh, that, there's nothing subliminal about that. We're off for marriage. We're off for staying together. So matter of fact, I, what I'm going to talk to you about tonight is, 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 is related with family and marriage. And uh, the title that I'm, that I'm going to give this message is, is Choosing to Cheat. Choosing to cheat. Now, don't jump to conclusions, what I'm going to talk about. And uh, this message is, is very intertwined with uh, my wife, Carla. Her name's Carla. Her and, and I's story. So I'm going to talk a little bit, get us started, and then I'm, then I'm going to drop down into a story. And I know this message is going to help uh, lots of people here tonight. And if you're, maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're a little older, you know, you're going to buy the cassette or, well, they don't do cassettes anymore. What do they do now? You're going <laughs> to, that dated me, didn't it? <laughs> you're going to get the, the download or whatever, and you're going to give it to your kids that are married and, 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 and they're, you know, they have your little grandkids because I believe what we're going to talk about tonight can, can save families can help us live in perspective, choosing to cheat. You know, um, in our attempt to, to stuff more and more into our life and to get the most out of life, we stuff more and we stuff more and we stuff more. And, and, and sooner or later, something gives. 
And that word something, I use it in parentheses, something gives. And when something gives, sometimes it's our health, but most of the times it's the relationships that surround us. You know, we live in a, in a generation that, that, that just pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes. Do more, see more, be more, get more. And it's more and more and more. And so it's just natural to, to stuff more into our lives. But when we do that, something is going to give. And like I said, that something is, is sometime it could be our health, but most of the time it's our family. Now, let me jump back to 1989. 1989, my, my wife Carla and I, we were living in Mexico. We'd been in Mexico for three years. We were just in, uh, in the process of moving from an Indian village that we had lived in and worked in. And, and we were moving to Guadalajara, Mexico, which is a big city. And I was joining a group of men who, who were more experienced than me. Um, they, they, and we were going to do a Bible training center. They had done it already in Ecuador, Costa Rica. And, and I was joining the team. I was going to be part of the, of the leadership team. But I was kind of the novice in the bunch. We had two little girls. And, and we had just had a little boy. Little girl, Juliana, Susanna. And, and we had just had Timothy. Moved to Guadalajara. We're in a big city. And uh, one morning, late September, my wife woke up and found our little baby unconscious, unconscious in, uh, in his crib. I had left early that morning. They called me where I was at, went to the hospital. And I won't talk about a lot of the details of everything that happened. Uh, some of you all know the story. But from there on, we started a process in our lives that to this day still continues. We were in Guadalajara in the hospital for three days. Then we, 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 uh, we were able to fly to, to Chicago. And uh, we were in Chicago for several weeks in the hospital. And when, when they finally released our little baby boy, he was five months old, uh, the doctors told us uh, this. They said, look, your son had viral encephalitis. And when you were in Mexico, they didn't know what it was. He was having brain seizures. They thought it was hallucinations. And... Uh, He's suffered massive brain damage. Your son uh, cannot see. He's blind. He'll never walk. He'll never talk. He'll, uh, he'll never know you as his parents. He's basically a vegetable. You need to put him in a hospital uh, that is special for special need kids like that because the divorce rate in a family like that is over 93%. And usually your other children will have psychological situations because that's just, just what happens when the focus of a family is on, uh, on, on somebody that has some type of handicap. So with saying that, the doctors gave us our, our little special boy, Timmy, five months old. And with that report, and we... We were in Chicago, so we came here to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and, and we're here for three months, close to family, um, but we didn't, know, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. All of a sudden, we had this new baby that had new needs. He would cry 24 hours a day. We'd have to give him these little, little, little drops so he would sleep, and then we could sleep a little bit, and you know, we're, we're just go-getters. I, I have a super capable wife. She's an incredible woman, and uh, so we just kind of sucked it up, believe in God for a miracle, and let's go. We'll go back to Mexico, and, 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 and we'll go to work. So we headed back to Mexico after the first of the year, went back, and, 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 uh, and I, we just jumped right back into, into those things, stuffing more things during our life, doing things. And, and, but the tension in our life began to rise. 
and the tension in our marriage began to rise. And one month went by, and then three months, and then five months, and then eight months, and then a year, and then a, a year and a half, and two years. And after two years, there was real live tension in our life and in our marriage just because we were stuffing more, stuffing more. We had some, some out-of-the-ordinary circumstances, but... But I had seen other people that were on the path that we were on at the time. And I knew what the ending of that path was. I had seen people on that path get divorced. I had seen people that are on that path, their, their kids hated God, hated the church because they felt like mom or dad were married to the church or the ministry or whatever it was. And as a man, I, I was feeling this tension because when I was at work, I was thinking about home. When I was at home, I was thinking about work and it was like, well, what do I do? What do I do? We have this special needs son, and, but yet I've got this thing that I feel like is God and, 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 and to make it even more complicated, not only was it our purpose in life, but it had something to do with God, with his kingdom. And it's like, I started saying prayers like this. God, I'll, I'll take care of your stuff if you'll take care of my stuff. I'll take care of, uh, of building your, your thing if you'll take care of my thing and if you'll take care of home. And so the tension was building and building and building. There just wasn't enough time. Wasn't enough time and and. and, and our relationship and attention and, and our, our young boy Timmy and, and after two years it was still give him some 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 little little drops so that he would he would sleep and the tension was there. So two years later, 1991, matter of fact, we were in this city and a group of people surrounded us, people that that love us and and uh, and surprisingly we all sat down at a table. And one of the people of the 10, there was, there was five couples, and there was me and, and my wife, Carla, looked at me and said, John, we'd like to ask you to do something that's, that's going to be very hard, but we want to ask you to stop doing what you're doing. Well, what do you mean? Don't, don't go back. Stop doing what you're doing. And I can still remember my thoughts and and, and all this stuff that happened on the inside. And, and, and I just sat there for a moment, and I didn't know what to say. I want to take a time out, and I want to go into what I want to talk to you about, and then I'll jump back into my story in, in, in just a minute. You know, what had happened was I had given my family a weight that they weren't, they weren't equipped to handle. They weren't, they weren't equipped to, to be able to carry. And, you know, every single time that we give over to our, to our spouse or our children a weight that they're not equipped to carry, that they'll carry it for a while, but sooner or later, something will happen. Sooner or later, something will happen. And, 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 and we get it. We, you know, I understand. You know, we know in life there's moments that we have to say, hey, son, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be gone this week. Hey, I'm not going to be able to make it to your game, whatever. You know, there's times, and 
times, short times, periods in our life. We have to say, hey, dear, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to be traveling, um, you know. And, and, and so we, we, we hand over a weight, and it's almost as if we put a, a rock in their hands, and we say, hey, hey, will you carry this for me for just a little while? Will you carry this for me for just a little while? Would you come up here and help me a second? Come on up there. Where'd that husband of yours go? He took up. Oh, he's taking pictures. What's your name? Leanne. Okay, Leanne. My wife Carla's not here, so we're going to pretend you're my wife. All right? Is that all right? And, and, and where is, where's your husband? Scott. Scott, come on up here, Scott. Okay, I'm going to use Scott and Leanne. <laughs> you, you lost me. You were on the other bench. Okay, this, this, let, me, let me tell you what happens every single time that we ask one of our loved ones to carry a weight that we should be carrying. This is what happens. What happens? They always take it. They always take it. Why? Because, because they want to be good. He wants to be a great son. She wants to be a great wife. So every time we say, son, you know, I, I'm going to be gone for a little bit. I'm, 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 I, I need you to carry this for a little while. Every single time, they'll take the rock. Every time. Why? Because she wants to be a good wife. He wants to be a good husband. Every single time. Now, the problem is, okay, and I'm going to ask you all to hold that. Hold that out just a little bit like that. Hold that. Okay, so you're going to carry a weight that you weren't equipped to carry. But because you're a great, great wife, and I say, dear, you know, I, I, you know this is going on, so, so just carry this for a while. And she, of course I will, dear. Of course I will. But the problem is, is, is when I never come back and take that from them. When, when, when I look at it and say, well, man, you're doing great. Look at you. Son, I'm so proud of you. You know, and we start to see it. We're like, wow, that, this is going to work. You know, and, and you might be sitting there, at, you know, and the wheels are starting to turn now. And, and trust me, it's going to get a little more intense and a little more intense. And the wheels are starting to turn and you're starting to think, hey, mm, I wonder if I have handed my spouse, my son, my daughter a weight that, that they're not equipped to handle. And, and so the question is, so how can you know if, if you've handed over a weight that, that they're not equipped to handle? Well, let me tell you three things, three signs that you've handed your family, your close, your close uh, family, uh, a weight that they're not, ha- that, that they're, not um, they're, they're just not equipped to, to handle. If you're always making promises that thing are, things are going to get better. It's going to get better. Don't worry, love. You know, I, I, it, this isn't going to be forever. I promise you it is going to change. I promise you it's going to change. And, you know, I'm not going to, I won't, yeah, I know I've been spending a lot of time at work, but, I, but, but, but I'll be on time. You know, I'll start to be on time. And, and, then, and then you say, son, you're doing great. And then, and then we spiritualize this thing and we say, you know what? Son, man, I am so proud of you. I am so proud. Let me pray for you. Yeah, Lord, thank you for my son. He's so strong. He's handling this stuff, handling it so well. And then we spiritualize what we're doing wrong. Another sign that you could be doing this is that you're always absent from important events. You're always absent. Son, man, man, I know it was your birthday last week and I was traveling, but we're going to celebrate. We'll get to that thing. We'll get to that thing. Dear anniversary, you know, it's the fifth, but 
but we'll celebrate the 10th and, and all the important things. You know, I know you guys went to the cabin for, for vacation and I couldn't go, but I, I get up there and we'll do, if, if you're always absent for, for important things, could, it could be your family or Karen, you rock. If you're always signaling the future to try to repair the past, like I said, it's gonna get better. You know, th- this Christmas wasn't what we wanted it to be, but next Christmas will be better. You know, this summer, but next summer. And that weight gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Because they're carrying a weight that they weren't equipped to carry. And what happens as they carry that weight, their mental willingness to be a good spouse and a good son or a good daughter begins to be conquered by emotional, just emotional weight, or it could be even physical weight. And sooner or later, this is what happens. And the rock falls. And it's, it's interesting, a person's reaction, usually it's the men, it's interesting a man's reaction when all of a sudden, and the rock falls and it's like, whoa. Because, uh, thank you, partners. Now, you can leave those rocks there. Just leave them right there. There we go. I like them out there where you can see them. It's interesting to to see a man's reaction when the rock falls. It's like, I'll have people, and I'm sure it's happened, Pastor Dwayne and other people, they come running off and say, I don't understand. All I did was call and said, dear, I'm going to be five minutes late. Boss asked to talk to me, says he's got something important to say. And all of a sudden, she started yelling things on the phone, and I heard, Bam! The phone, she must have threw it, went home. Her bags were packed. She's gone. Haven't seen her for three days. I told her I was going to be five minutes late. I don't get it. I don't get it. My daughter asked for permission to go out on Friday night. I said, dear, I'm going to be here tonight. So I'd just like you to stay all of a sudden, she went upstairs, slammed the door, turned the music on, and, and I knocked on She won't open the door. I don't get it. I just said, no, stick around with me. But what happened was, what they don't see, they see the immediate event, and, and, but what they don't realize is they've been carrying away, carrying away, carrying away, and it was just the last thing, and, and the rock falls. You know, when a rock falls, is, it's interesting because their grades will go from A's to D's like that. And the teacher calls up and it's like, hey, I don't know what's going on. Your daughter used to be the best student in the class and now she doesn't do anything. What, 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 what's the deal? You know, when, when the rock falls, you, you know, uh, physical intimacy just disappears, dip, dissipates. And it's like, hey, you know, when the, when the rock falls. And unfortunately, friends, when 
the rock falls, usually it can't go back to what it was. A lot of times, it's unrepairable. Now, you know, we, we, we try to pick up the pieces and like a puzzle and we, we start to put it back together, but, but usually there's pieces that are missing. Why? Because we've asked somebody to carry a weight and a responsibility that they weren't, that, that they weren't prepared for, to, to carry. They weren't made to carry. And, and the question is, well, why do we do that? I'm sitting here talking to you about that and, and you're thinking, yeah, well, why? Well, you, you know, when I think about it, I think, well, okay, well, why would we do that? My answer to that is I, I think we do that because we love progress. You know, we love progress. The industry you work in loves progress. I love progress. You love progress. And progress is, is measurable. And so we're, when, when we're in our, when we're at work, when we're, when, when, when we're, we're, we're doing our, our activity, it's so easy to see progress. And, and so we just kind of segue towards progress. You know, when, when I'm home, I'm just home. You know, when, I, when I'm at work, you know, they hand out awards and I can make more money and I can, and I have a checklist and I just kind of check it off. And if I stay two hours longer at work, it's like, look at what I got done. Go at work, they, they give out bonuses at work. They give out plaques at work. You know, you walk into a, to, to a, to, to, to a, to a room and, and, and they applaud. It's like, wow, Juan's here. I have never had my family applaud me when I walk into the kitchen. It's like, and now, one, and the kids are like, so we, so, so we naturally segue towards progress. It's like I'm progressing, I'm, uh, I'm doing something. When, when, when we're at home, we're just at home. And it's so, it's not tangible. And so we segue towards that. But what we end up doing is placing a weight in the hands of the people we love the most. And they carry it and they carry it and carry it. They were not prepared. They were not, they, they were not prepared to carry that. God didn't make that to carry that, to, to carry the, the, the weight. And all of a sudden, boom. And progress is great. I love progress. Progress isn't, isn't the problem. It's when it's out of control. It's when it's out of control. So this is my bottom line for today. When you begin to cheat with what is fundamental in your life for something that's secondary, you have a problem. When you begin to cheat what's fundamental in your life for something that's secondary, you have a problem. When I begin to cheat what is fundamental in my life, there is a problem. So this group of people sat around and they said, John, we want to ask you to stop doing what you're doing. Stop working on what you're working on and just stop. You know, it wasn't my idea. I look back now and what I'm going to tell you in the next five minutes is if you ask me what is the 
greatest leadership decision you have ever made in your life. This is the greatest leadership decision I've ever made in my life. And it wasn't even my idea. What a trip. I can't even take credit for it. What wasn't even my idea. Somebody else asked me to do it. It wasn't easy. It was hard. But I said, all right, I'll take a step back. And instead of building God's kingdom, I'll hang out and build some houses for a while. But during that time, I learned some very important lessons. One had to do with my definition of success. And, and during that period of time, my definition of success changed drastically. Also during that time, I had to deal with a lot of personal insecurities. And I, and, and I began to realize what real life was all about and, and what the fundamental things were and what the secondary things were. And, and, and another thing that I, that I realized is I knew that one day I would spend the rest of my life standing for, before people and, and, and talking to people about some of the most important issues in life. And if I didn't model that, you know, I knew what the Bible said. I, I knew the Bible said in, in Ephesians 5.21, submit yourself one to another as of unto Christ. I knew the Bible didn't, never commanded me to, say, to, to submit myself to my work, to submit myself to, to, to a desire to build something, a desire to have a name. The Bible said, submit yourself one to another as unto Christ. I was to, as to come under my wife and help her and her me. You know, I, I, I knew the Bible said in the same, uh, continuing on with that passage, women, be, be, be submitted to your, to your own husbands un, as of unto the Lord. And then and it goes on and says, men, love your wives. As Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her. So knowing that, I knew I had to come up with a plan. Got to come up with a plan. How can we do that? And, and this might seem real radical to you. I'm going to throw it out there anyways because this is the best leadership decision I've ever, ever made in my life. Carla and I sat down and I said, okay, babe, let's make a plan. And this was our plan. From now on, I won't travel. I'm talking about 25 years ago, 24 years ago. Okay, dear, she said, dear, I can't. And I asked her, I said, talk to me, talk to me, tell me, tell me. She said, I can't do it when, when you travel. Timmy's too much. Okay, I won't travel. What else? We can't travel. See, because when we would travel, and, and part of what we do, would did in life, when we would travel, we, would, we didn't have any money. We'd stay at people's houses. When we stayed at people's houses, Timmy would cry all night long. So Carla would stay up all night long trying to rock him, keep him from crying because we were at somebody else's house. So I said, okay, we won't, we won't travel, and we won't, I won't travel, and we won't travel. Okay, what else? We can't have anybody stay at our house. Why not, dear? Because they need to sleep. And when they need to sleep, Timmy don't sleep. All right? So, so okay, what else? And, and we start, we implemented this whole thing. It's okay, every Monday we're going to have a date. Every Monday. Every Monday morning we're going to have a date. We're going to talk about our week. All right? Every Friday we'll have a date. It'll be a romantic date. All right? 
every Wednesday is going to be family day. Cool. Family day. Two o'clock in the afternoon, I hang out my cleats. My time is a family's time. Great. Okay, I'm going to have a date with every one of my daughters. i got two daughters. I'm going to have a date with Juliana every month, and I'm going to have a date with Susie every month. Till when? Till they leave the house. How old is she? Three or four and three. Okay, for the next 12 years, 14 years, 15, 16, 17 years, uh, every single month, I'm going to date my daughter. Yep, all right, my two daughters. Fantastic. And we put together a plan. So we put together a plan, put some parameters on this thing, and honest, I have to be honest with you. I thought, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. Ain't no way it's going to work. The truth is, 25 years later, I stand before you to tell you that it's the best decision I've ever made in my life besides following Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Because I realized even back then, and the truth is the same today, there's not enough time in the day to do everything that you need to do. You're going to have to cheat someone. And the question is, who are you going to cheat? And when you and I cheat, the primary for the secondary will always lose. And you know, during that time, I learned one thing. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to read it to you. Because I wrote this down. This is what I learned. That there are only two unique roles to, to, to what I do. There's only two. First unique role was my role as a husband. Nobody else could do that. Second role was my role as a father. Nobody else could take my place. And at the same time, I learned that every other thing that I do in life, somebody else could do it, and one day, somebody else would do it. And I decided, I'm going to live for the roles that are only mine, and I'm just going to be free with the other stuff. And as I did that, as I gave up, God is just, you know, and, and, and my prayers changed. It went from, God, I'm going to do, do this, and you take care of my family. And, I, and, and my, my prayer totally changed. I was like, okay, God, um, I'm going to take care of my family. And I got about, let's see, we got family day. We got date. We got here. We got here. God, I got about 43 hours a week I can give you. You think you can do anything with about 43 hours a week of mine? I'm going to give you 43. I'm going to give it my all. But that's about all I can give you. My prayer changed. It was like, God, I'm going to take care of I'm going to take care of this. And uh, do you think, you know, it's kind of crazy because you're talking to the God that, that established economy, the God that the, the heavens and the earth are pinned together by his word. It's like, you think you can do anything with this over there? And I realized that my situation was just fear. It was just fear. I wasn't walking in faith. You know, that fear that, well, I might miss out on something, or that fear of, well, you know, in the great competition of life, it's like, hey, they're, 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 they're getting ahead of me. They're getting ahead of me. So what are you doing? Uh, I'm home. 
I said that sarcastic so it wouldn't hurt as much. The God of this universe can use you to do awesome things. And if you'll cheat other things for the primary thing that has to do with the people that he's given you, whether you're a husband, whether you're a wife, whoever it is, if you'll choose to cheat the other things and trust him, say, God, on these 43 hours or on these 45 hours or on these, on these 50 hours I can give you a week, could you do something awesome with my business? Could you do? And the answer is yes, 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 yes. It's just a thing of trust. Will you trust him and do what you were uniquely equipped and asked to do by him and he will do awesome, awesome, awesome things through you. So the question here tonight is, who are you cheating? Who are you cheating? And if the answer on the inside is, nah, yeah, I got a couple family members that are, that are, carrying, that are carrying the weight before this night's over, I want you to take care of that. Don't wait. Don't wait. Now, tomorrow, no, 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 no. You go, you look him, you look her in the eye and say, dear son, I gave you a weight a long time ago that that's mine and you've carried it way too long. I'm taking it back. And we're going to change this thing around. And I promise you, he will honor you. God will honor you. He doesn't, he doesn't even need your time to do something through you. If you and I will just do what he asked us to do with the ones that surround us, choosing to cheat. Cheat the other things, not your family. Cheat the other things, not that precious daughter. Cheat the other things and not your son. Cheat the other things and not your spouse. God will honor you for it. And your life will never be the same. Best decision I've ever made in my life. Will you bow your heads? Quiet in here. <laughs> Choosing to cheat. When it's all said and done, I promise you, you'll look back and, and if today you'll make the decision, you'll look back one day and say, man. That decision changed my story. Changed the story of my wife, of my son, of my spouse, of my husband. I promise you that. Well, I'll pray for the people that, that need to change who they're cheating. If you're here and you've been cheating the wrong crowd, and it's time to to change that and go take the weight off of some people that you've put the weight on. I'll pray for you. If that's you, just raise your hand. 
Just raise it up high. Say, God, there's quite a few hands. There's quite a few hands. I want to pray for anybody that says, I've been, I've been cheating my family with my time. I'll make a decision to change that. You can, you can put your hands down when you, if you've raised them. Father, I pray for every single person has raised their hands and said, Father, I, I, I realize I've been, I've asked my spouse, I've asked my son, I've asked my daughter, I've asked others around me to carry weight that I, only I was equipped to carry. And, and Lord, today I, I decide that I'm going to take care of what you've placed in my hands. And I'm going to have to to cheat on a few other things with my time. I'll give you my best, but this is all I've got. Lord, I ask you to seal that decision on the inside. Seal it on the inside, Father. I ask, Lord, that you would help each one not only to have the desire to change, but have the boldness to walk out their decisions. Lord, that they would be great stewards of what you're speaking to them tonight. They wouldn't let tonight pass without going and, and, and taking the weight from a family member. Lord, their destiny will be changed forever. I thank you for doing that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. You know, God's got a good plan for us. He's got a good plan. Just have to ask everybody to keep their heads bowed for one second. And we don't want to close the service here tonight. You know, the word... I know this is a challenging word. But yet, somebody might have come here tonight and, and you might not have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe somebody invited you, hey, come to church. And you decided, well, yeah, I'll do that. But you're here tonight and I'm talking about something real practical. I'm talking about family and marriage and you're sitting in this place, but something's happening on the inside. It's like, man, something's happening on the inside of me. And If you're here and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, you're far from God, maybe used to be close. Maybe, maybe, maybe as I talked about this thing, the only thing that goes through your mind is, is, man, I wish God would help me with my practical life, but I'm so far from him. I'm just embarrassed to even ask him. You know what? I want to say a prayer for you. I want to help you get right with God. I want to help you. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, I want to help you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Or maybe you're far from him and you'd say, John, I just I want you to pray for me because, because I need God's help to do this. And I've been far from God. And today I make the decision to, to take the step and once again say, God, I want to know you. I want to be close to you. If you're here tonight, and, and, and that's you. I want to pray for you. Nobody's looking around. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Just raise your hand up high. Say, John, pray for me. Pray for me. Thanks. I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else that would say, John, pray for me? Awesome. That's you. You're the man. Fantastic. Anybody else? Anybody else that say, hey, that's me. Pray for me. Okay, if you raise your hand, wonderful. Anybody else? 
If you raise your hand, I want you to. Matter of fact, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask everybody to stand up. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. I want everybody to bow their head, heads, and we're going to say this prayer together. Everybody together. And you that raised your hands, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer. And you say it out loud. Believe it in your heart. And when we say amen, it's going to be a done deal. All right? Say with me tonight, Father. Everybody, out loud. Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he's your son. And today, I ask him to come into my heart to forgive my sins. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you from today and forever, I will walk with you. I want to know you. I want to love you. And thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this series. For more information, call 616-534-4923 or visit us at reslife.org.